Hello, welcome to episode 155 of Three Beers and a Movie. I'm Richard Laird and I'm with... Barry Neal. Barry, we are once again social distancing. Or as I like to call it, the norm. The no- it's, it's becoming unfortunately very normal. I think that's a big problem with what people are finding right now. Yeah. It's becoming far too normal. Um, that I haven't actually seen any other human being in the flesh. It's getting to the point where yeah, I'm even starting to enjoy it. I'm going to be very confused when I see you, when I, when the next time I see you and I can see your legs. You know, I'm used to seeing you see your head and shoulders, essentially. Yeah. Oh, Barry has a full it, it's, it's going to get to the point where we'll, we'll all bump into each other in real life and we'll just awkwardly all stand there because we're not looking at a screen talking <laughs> to each other. <laughs> asking each other for a password to join a meeting and then having you know we need to ask each other quiz questions because that's all you do on zoom is ask quiz questions um so it's, it's quite early in the day and um, today we're calling a saturday are you drinking anything tonight or to this afternoon sorry no just a rather tasty can of a uh, monster juice which is a mango flavor it's very, very refreshing your, your heartbeat uh, only because once we stop recording i'm going to be jumping in the car so i can't have a beer now so i thought um, the next best thing is to have a can Monster, Probably does more damage to your can of monster than anything else, to be honest. Oh, 100%. Absolutely. <laughs> there's, yeah. a, there's absolutely no doubt about that. So what about yourself? Are you having a beer? I'm, I am having a beer, technically. It's a Brewdog Punk AF, which is an alcohol-free beer. Um, okay. Because it's, it's early. It's only like one o'clock on a, on a Saturday. I'm not really in the mood for boozing up at one o'clock on a Saturday. It's a bit early for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Had it been going to an open light game, then that would have been completely different. That, that, that requires you to get, get boozed up before the game. <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah. once again, we're looking at all things streaming, as we have been for the past for three and a half months now. Um, this week mm-hmm. is a purely amateur. Amazon Prime based week. Last week was an all uh, an all Netflix based week. We're trying to spread around as best we can to for a sort of random. Um, we're going to start with. I think I've seen two. You, well, I've seen three. You've seen two. So we'll start with one we've both seen, and that film is Seven Five Hundred. Uh, yes. by Patrick Volra. His debut feature. So he's done a lot of short movies. I think he's done a few music videos as well. But this is his debut feature. And the plot of this film, it's all very odd. It's a self-contained movie. It's all set in a, in a plane's cockpit where um, the flying from Germany to somewhere else, and the plane is taken over by terrorists who are trying to gain access to the and it's a pilot struggle to try and keep the plane plane right and also try and keep the cockpit free of the terrorists to make sure they don't try and crash the plane. Um, in the film, you've got Joseph Gordon-Levitt, he plays the co-pilot. You've got uh, Carlo Kipkoza, he plays the, uh, the the actual pilot. And you've also got Aileen Kessel, who plays the, the, the air hostess on the plane. And she has a connection with the, the co-pilot. Um, like I said, it's a, it's a very interesting film because it's all set in one location, literally in one location. It's all set in the cockpit. It doesn't move from there. You see some camera yeah. shots out with it, but everything is actually taking place in the cockpit. What did you think of this one? Uh, for that, for me, myself, this movie's actually just hot off the press for myself. I watched it this morning while having breakfast. All right, cool. Um, so, yeah, still fresh in the mind. To be honest, I actually quite liked it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was sitting with my good lady and she was kind of drifting in and out of it and she wasn't really feeling it, but... I actually quite enjoyed that. I thought it was quite good. Like, because uh, a lot of the time these kind of movies, you just kind of like jump into it. But I kind of liked the fact how it kind of built up to the actual like, main incident. It didn't just like, you know, jump right into it, sort of speak, you know? Yeah, you, you, see, like norm- you, see, you see the normal. Yeah, it's- the flight starts off normal and yeah. then you get the, yeah. the incident happening. You missed me have liked it more if it was like locked. Remember the one with Tom Hardy? Because she's a big Tom Hardy fan. Maybe she liked it as a single location yeah. with Tom Hardy. Yeah, she did yeah. say that. Say, it's not as good as Locke and I went that's only because it's got that actor who nobody really remembers <laughs> so you know it's uh, you know uh, but no I actually quite enjoyed it and it can it showed like a good like a human side to it as well at uh, the fact that uh, 
you see sometimes, well, at least in this movie, you've seen that one of the bad guys, he kind of quickly started changing his tune yeah. when he realised the car, the, the reality of what was, yeah. yes, yeah. So that was kind of interesting to see kind of how quickly he kind of turned around and stuff. Um, the only the kind of bit I struggled with was when, um, uh, what's his name, Tobias, the co-pilot, he'd already hurt his arm, but he somehow managed to wrestle that big lump of a terrorist into the seat, right? Right, okay. But then couldn't drag the actual pilot off the seat, and the pilot looked about half the weight of the terrorist. What <laughs> pilot did like, <laughs> Yeah, true. And it was, well, so was the terrorist. There. Yeah. You know? You know? But yeah, aye. Aye. What about yourself? Did you enjoy it? I liked, I liked the first hour. The first hour I thought was a really nice, tight, taut thriller. You know, I was kind of intrigued to know what he was doing. And it was, and it was cause it, like, like the incident happens, they, they sort of take action, but then the terrorists start to do other things that forced them into taking more action to try and, you know, to, mm. to stop things happening. Um, mm. And it does seem a sort of he's in a, a very tight bind. Then the film about an hour into it just switches a little bit, and it becomes mm. a different kind of film. Still all in a single location, but it, it, once that happened, I kind of lost mm. all the interest in it. Particularly with the final fifteen minutes, I really wasn't that yes. engrossed with it. Um, I felt yes. a little bit a little bit dull. Um, yes, but the first hour I thought was really quick. They, they made the single location never felt boring, you know, because there's not really much room in a cockpit, you know, so they don't like, can't really move the camera around very much. But it did feel pretty yeah. dynamic for most of it, like it does, it moves around enough that you feel you're probably in a bigger space than you actually are. The dialogue between the two people is, is pretty is good as well. Um, mm. I'm really impressed the fact that the guy playing the pilot, um, he's actually a real pilot, he's not an actor. Uh, okay, 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 so, that's yeah. That does uh, lead me to what I was thinking about when I was sitting there watching it, because there was a lot of like, I was like, this looks really impressive for like a movie, mm. like in terms of like, because obviously you see the plane like taxiing about, and I'm like, now I know they've got big, massive like training cockpits that yeah. look exactly like normal cockpits, and it's just screens outside the windows, and when they were taxiing about, I'm like, this looks really like this looks real sort of speak. Yeah. But then obviously at some point they've switched to being like a cast set almost. Yeah. And then I think, obviously, I think, yeah. I think it was a set in a simulator, but I, I think it's like maybe just the confidence that he has when he's doing the dialogue because it's all talking stuff he knows. It felt mm. obviously very knowledgeable to him and he felt he knew what he was talking about. So it wasn't really a, it wasn't like trying to emote too much on that. Was that yeah, yeah. Question, because when I was watching on Amazon, there's a point when the, the terrorists are talking a, a foreign language did you put the subtitles mm. on for that, or did you leave it as it was? Uh, randomly, the subtitles just automatically started for myself. Right, okay. uh, so, I, so I had subtitles uh, for the majority of the movie. Anytime right. they spoke German or Turkish, it would pop, yeah. up, it'd pop up subtitles. It's weird, because I didn't have them on at first. So I think you can watch the film in two ways, I think, which I thought was interesting. You can watch it with the subtitles on, so you can see that when they talk German at one point, you see what they're saying. And you can see when they're talking like mm. Turkish, you can see what they're saying as well. It doesn't actually add anything to the film, seeing what they're saying, because that's what they're saying. You kind of know what they're saying, and they're more enough that you know, like that's what they're doing, and you get what the point is. Yeah. But not having it in subtitles, you sort of you become more of a proxy for the the pilot, the, the co-pilot, because he doesn't speak German or Turkish, so you're very much put in no. in his shoes, and you're trying to figure, and you're trying to sort of like 
Peter Wilson in his eyes, which I thought was I thought I think it's better watching it without the subtitles to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I I like you said, it was just it just happened to be set to that Beyond set it. and they would automatically play them. But I I could see where you're coming from. Uh I did uh, for like when it all kind of kicked off, there was like a quite a brief moment in time when I was sitting there thinking, this better not be just 90 minutes of them kicking in a door because there was a lot of banging going on for like a long <laughs> period of time. And it got to the point where I was sitting there like, this better not be the whole movie of him trying to land a plane and people banging on the door when in real life it would have been like, why, well, just give me a freaking minute. <laughs> I'm trying to land a plane, you know? That's a fair point. Um, I thought it was an interesting discussion to be made by the fact they made the terrorist Muslim again. I felt that was a little mm. bit cliched. They could have possibly have done something different with that. You know, maybe make them yeah, just make them yeah. German or make them in our nationality. Well, it, it, felt too, it felt too easy and too sort of like yeah, it felt too obvious. Well, that's what the wee boy says. See when um, near the end of the movie and they're talking. And he's like, oh, I'm from America. And then he goes, where are you from? And he goes, Germany. Uh, Germany. Yes. I know, they yeah. are German, but so, it's the, the idea that they're, they're of Muslim, they're Muslim is, faith. You know, yes. you get a lot of crazy Christians, you get a lot of crazy, you know, religions. It's, it does seem to be, again, it's always a default to the Muslim, yeah. you know, I know. idea, which I know. is a bit lazy. Yeah, I, I know. It's just, it's just our time period. It's like, it's what we know as the bad guy. It's just Aye. like people from a, like, I don't know, de- a few decades back, they knew the Russians as the bad guys, you know. And then the Chinese were the bad guys, you know. The fact the film was set in Germany, they could have made it, you know, someone who's just Turkish, someone who's just, you know, um, you know, Polish or Kosovan, who's, you know, who's upset with the refugees has been treated in the country, doesn't necessarily have to be Muslim, but they did play on that, I thought. Yeah. Um, so overall, yeah. I, overall, I thought it was a very decent thriller for about, let's say, 75% of it. Final 25% of the yeah. ending just maybe... It wasn't bad, just lost a bit of pace. Just lost a bit of steam. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Just lost a bit of oomph at the, the last hurdle to get over yeah. it, you know, how to wrap it all up. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Up until then, all good. What do you give it a 10? Uh, I'm going to give it... I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10 because I actually did quite enjoy it, to be fair. Exactly the same, 7 out of 10. Yeah. We're very much the same with I thought God didn't love it. Was quite uh, quite convincing as a pilot. Yeah, I thought he was good as well. I'm actually yeah. quite a fan of his. When he's in stuff, he's generally usually very good. I don't I haven't really seen him in much where he's where he's bad. I, mean, I can't think of films in and go, "Oh, you that was a poor performance by you." He always seems to be consistently very good. And he plays. Yeah. He, he seems to play a nice wide range. Like he's done like the big budget action film with like the Batman. He's done the um the kind of indie films with like with Brick and 500 Days of Summer and he's doing stuff like this and he's done like the, the comedy stuff with like 10 Things I Hate About You and that one the night before the one with Seth Rogen and you know, yeah. for drugs on the last on Christmas Eve so he, they've, they've done so much he's done a nice wide range of stuff as well he's not like he doesn't seem to typecast into like one specific role and he always seems quite convincing in what he does nice nice yeah, um, yeah. so yeah 7 out of 10 it's on Amazon Prime for the look the second film the one that you've not seen but I have seen and you should watch this one it's called Dating Number. Uh, directed by David Frame, who directed a film called The Cure a few years ago. It's all about the zombie, the, the aftermath of a zombie apocalypse when people got um, they found a, they found a cure for disease. So everyone's having to like, sort of you know come to terms with the fact that you know they might have killed somebody or that their, their friend's now okay, but the friend might have ate the other friend type thing. So it's all kind of 
it's interesting. It was a kind of a good idea. Maybe not executed quite as well as Chosen, but it was a, it was a decent film. Um, this film is, a, is sort of like the polar opposite of that. It's, completely, it's different from that. It's set in the nineties, and it's set in Ireland um, during the, the sort of early nineties when homosexuality was still illegal, and the Irish government was voting on whether they wanted to make it not illegal. Um, so you've got a girl and a guy at school who are sort of the wee bit of the outcasts. One's an outcast, the other one's sort of a bit more sort of try to be in in a group, but they're both gay, and and they sort of come to an agreement that they'll both pretend to be each other's partner, boyfriend, girlfriend, so that they stop getting abused at school and bullied at school. From that, you start seeing like you know one of them starts developing feelings, and one of them sort of starts embracing her their life a bit more. You know, sort of like their, their heterosexual, their homosexuality more, and sort of becoming more involved in that. While the other one becomes better because it's Ireland in the 1990s. Is more beaten down even more by, and is, is more sort of self-hating with it. So I've just seen how the two lives sort of divulge and sort of change over over basically over the course of like five or six months as they sort of try and survive the last couple of months of high school after being you know seen as the, the gay kids at school. So it's yeah. it is a comedy. So so I, I, I not so it's not, but it's actually a comedy. It's the actors in it. No one really big of any sort of real note. Uh, Fiona O'Shea and Lola Pettigrew they play the, the sort of couple. Um, Shannon Horgan is probably the biggest name in it. She plays the mother of the guy. Um, Barry Ward plays the asshole best friend, and Eno Riley. Is it? No, Barry Ward plays the dad. Sorry, um, and Eno Riley plays the, the sort of asshole friend. This is it's it's a really sweet and charming film. It is funny at times, but it's been sold more as a straight out Derry Girls Irish comedy. But it's not it's not quite as overtly funny as that. It's more it's it's got a lot of darkness to it. Because the 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 male character, the Fiona Shea, he sort of he is really struggling with you know being gay and being gay in Ireland. He, he comes from like a family who are all quite you know his dad's in the army and stuff like that. Wants to join the army and all that kind of stuff, and he just having real difficulty like how to a come out to anyone and b you know just be who he is. Whereas Lola Pettigrew, who's who's gay, she is sort of quite confident in who she is. She knows who she is. She's very. She's not really concerned about people, what people do, what people care about her, and she's more willing to sort of enjoy it and embrace it and, and, and find love and find life through that. Um, so it's that's so that's why in the darkness comes from them when you're seeing how this society really affects them. You know, like when, when, they, when they can't be who they want to be. Um, has got a very strong sense of time and place. It feels very nineties. So like probably like yourself, I remember the nineties. Like I can remember this era. I was only like maybe 10, mm-hmm. years old when this film was set, but I can remember the, the clothes and the hairstyle and the music and all that kind of stuff. So it feels like it's part of that world. It doesn't feel, um, you know, like it's someone's idea of what the 90s was. It does feel very authentic. Um, performance is all very are excellent, especially the two leads. Very funny, but they also bring the sort of real drama and the pathos to it. And just generally, well, it's a really well done, well done film. I said it's been missold because it's been missold more as a comedy, but if take it as a sort of comedy drama, the comedy drama, it's, it's very, very good and it's very enjoyable. And me and Jill both really, really liked it. All right, nice, good, yeah. good, sounds good. Yeah, it's um, I know, I know you kept on telling me as well to watch it because I was having a few rough days, yeah, and it would lift my spirits. And every time I just, I don't know, I ended up just sulking on the couch like a big sad sack. It's a, uh, <laughs> it's I know I will I, I will get around to watching it. It's definitely on my list, especially because yeah. I uh, now have a slightly better understanding of it. Um, 
I probably would have been more of a rush to see it if the missus hadn't actually seen it. She had seen it like months ago and said right. that she loved it, or yeah. months ago and said she loved it. So yeah, yeah, definitely high praise from this side of the camp. Yeah, like so I would give it eight out of ten. I really enjoyed it. Really, really did enjoy it. Nice, nice. Yeah. And Good. the last film for this week is one we've both seen uh, again on Amazon Prime, and it's called Troop Zero, directed by the very well, very nicely named Bert and Bertie. Which is a, a late <laughs> two women directing team. I actually couldn't find out their real names. All I could find was Bert and Bertie. It was really annoying. I couldn't find out their names. But this is a debut feature. They have done some TV and stuff in the past. This is their first actual movie and a lot of shots as well. Um, so the plot of this film is set in uh, Arkansas in the 1970s. And there's sort of like girl guide troops. And NASA comes to them to say if you win a competition, you will they put on a golden record that will be held in space and you'll travel through the cosmos. So there's one, there's a girl, girl guy group who really are all the kind of Chrissy girls who everyone seems to sort of think are amazing. They are going to go into the competition, but there's also a group of sort of misfit girls led by one girl who's obsessed by space and the idea of like, you know, her boy's been held in space and, and, and her mum who passed away here and in space as well. So she forms a sort of a, a mystery group of, of girl guys to try and compete with these girls and to try and win the competition so that they can then um, making the ones on the golden disc. That sound about right, isn't it, yeah? Yeah, yeah, that's actually spot on, yeah. yeah. In the uh, film, you've got uh, Viola Davis plays like the, the leader, the head mother of the the, the misprint group, the, the sort of rebels. Alison Janney plays uh, the leader of the, the well-liked and posh girls. Um, McKenna Grace plays the sort of lead of the, the, the rebel group. Uh, Jim Gaffigan plays her um, dad. And Charlie Shotwell plays her best friend, who is like the, the only guy who's in the girl guys, but he's very effeminate and he's very, you know, you can clearly see he's he's one of the girls. Um, yes. What do you think of this one? I actually really loved it. Uh, I watched it last night and I thought it was just, ah, uh, just a bit of just absolute, just nice, sweet cinema. You know, yeah. I cannot, I cannot rate this movie enough because I really did enjoy it. It's a, uh, yeah. Just it was just it was like yeah, innocent, dumb fun. Yeah. You know? Yeah, you know? no, I'm with you. It's, it's so, very, very charming. Like all the people in it are very charming. Like, like all the kids are amazing. I thought I thought particularly mm. who my favourite wee kid was the one who was the smasher, the one who smashes stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like she just did this wee like sort of like ball of absolute rage and anger and I just I found it really funny. Um <laughs> Um, McKenna Grace has been actually been quite a lot of stuff, and she's sort of never. This is sort of an old film because she's like sort of she was the co-lead with Chris Evans at one point in a film. This is sort of her first. This film kind of lives and dies on her a little bit. She's sort of the main focal point um, of the movie. I thought she was mm. excellent. Um, it is a little bit of a, a fake indie, so it, it sort of has all the tropes of being an indie movie, like sort of a low-budget indie film. It's not. It's been made with money, you know. Ah, um, okay. But it's got that kind of like Captain Fantastic, Little Miss Sunshine kind of feel about it for most of it, which yeah, is yeah. It's totally not a bad thing because those two films I absolutely love as well. So it's it's just it's, it's just a charming, sweet, lovely film. Yeah, yeah, you do. You kind of you do kind of fall in love with like all the characters, you know. Yeah. Even like her dad, who's only in it for like brief, kind of passing moments. When he is in it, he does steal the limelight, you know. Yeah, Jim Gaffigan's so, very, very funny in it. Yeah, he, he has his moments yeah, in it as well. 
Um, and it hits, like, there's nothing that unpredictable about it. You know, you kind of know what's going to happen. It hits all the beats you expect to happen in these types of films. But it's done with a lot of, with so much charm and warmth and the acting's so good in it all the way through it that you don't really care that you kind of, like, I'm probably, I'm assuming you knew where it was going to go towards. You knew it was going to happen. You kind of you felt like you knew what was going to end up happening. But you don't really mind because it's, it's, it's so, it's lovely done that you can enjoy them taking that journey to get there. Yeah, I didn't. What I didn't expect was a stunning rendition of a David Bowie song. True, I, I like the Bowie song. I thought, I thought what, it made total sense in the film. It, it worked yeah. really well. Um, yeah, and yeah, it's, it's just one of those films that you'll put. You might, I might never watch it again, but I, anyone who's saying you're looking for, anyone says I'm looking for something to watch, what can I watch? I would recommend them to watch it because it will make you feel nice and happy. And I've even seen it. My sister, who's got my sister's got, uh, well, I've got two nieces. One is eleven, and one is like five now mm. and i think they could both watch it i don't think i don't think yeah. anything in it that the five-year-old would find is offensive to a five-year-old they, 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 would, they would enjoy seeing all the girls together and seeing the sort of the friendship they've all got and it, and it totally worked for them as well yeah. a world before mobile phones it's, yeah it's generally it's, it's so sweet to see kids out and about playing and like not having yeah. not spitting stuff in their phones and it's just yeah. like i said it's a nice wee charming slice of sort of a bit of and nostalgia, but also just a really funny, well done, warm film. And it's something maybe um, when I get to the film that we talked about next week, we need a little bit of film warm sometimes. It's, it's nice to have something just charming and lovely. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. This came off, this movie was stuck on last night after a shitty day in the office. And yeah, totally just, it just made everything feel better, you know? That's yeah. how good that movie it was, you know? And also, I'd say, not just this film, the two films, the other film we talked about this week, the two other films we talked about this week, Wayne In, like an hour and 40 was the longest one time. Yeah. It's, that's what you yeah. You know, tell a story in that nice hour and a half to hour and 50, hour and 40 minutes, just perfect. Didn't drag on, didn't really seem there was too much extra in there. Just a nice, lean, well told movie. And they're all, the other films were like that, actually. Um, they're, they're nice and relatively tight in, in terms of. Kind of running length, which is something me and you both appreciate. Absolutely, you know, it's a lot of skill to tell a really good story in such a short time. Yeah, it's so easy to go. Right, I need three hours. to go, no, tell it in two hours. You know, you tell tell what's important. Mm. Don't you show everything you want to show. Show what's important, and I think yeah. that this film did that really well. Um, and yeah, so just it's a really fun, lovable film. What do you think of it? Out of ten, how'd you give it? I'm gonna give it an eight out of ten. That's how good it was. Enjoyable. Very good. I'm slightly below. Yes. I'm giving it seven and a half out of ten. Um, sure. Just it's it, because it's got that fake indie thing about it, and I'm not a huge. I, I feel like when it uh, tends to be an indie, I'm like, ah, it's it, you're you're almost like co-opting something that should be more pure than that. And it's it, it's probably more my mind is thinking that because I think there are films who do this and do it really well, and this does it well as well. But. It's not what I'm going to go. I said that if I have it, I think I'm not going to go back to it. I don't think I won't watch it again. I don't think, but mm. the time I watched it, thoroughly enjoyed it. Whereas Little yeah, Miss yeah. Sunshine or Captain Fantastic, I give them higher marks because I would go back and watch them again, just because it, it maybe hit nice. more of a more of a nerve. But this is still excellent, excellent to watch. Nice, nice. Yeah. Um, Good stuff. So that's us for this week. Next week we have putting down four films. So they're all pretty short, I think, so we should be okay to watch all four. So the first one we've got is The Void, which is on Amazon, which you've already seen, so we'll talk about that at better length next week. 
We've also got Freaks, which is on Netflix, which looks like a kind of thriller, horror, sci-fi thing. We've got the Eurovision Song Contest, the story of Fire Saga, which is the new Will Ferrell and Rachel McCann one of the Eurovision Song Contest. Okay. So, so it's kind of like Blades of Glory, but about Eurovision rather than about ice skaters. Okay. And some, of was, and some of it was shot in Glasgow, by all accounts, so that would be interesting. Oh. They were, interesting. They're, out, they're out eating and drinking at um, Nipson City at one point. Oh, lovely. Yeah. Yeah. Seems seems to be a good place to film movies. Yeah, it is. And also, there's a documentary on Netflix which is called Athlete A, which is all about the American gymnastics team. I've heard it's, yeah. heard it's a tough watch, so maybe don't watch that after a rough day. Maybe make sure in a good place <laughs> where you watch that. Heard it's definitely yeah. worth investing time in it for the for the documentary. Mm. But definitely, I think it's touching on some very very dark subject area so yeah be prepared yeah yeah i know the rough backstory of it yeah. so yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. I, I know the, i know the story as well so it's like it's something i'm, I'm intrigued to know more about it i'm actually more intrigued i think it's all about the cover-up which is what i'm more intrigued about like, why the fuck do these people cover this thing up um yeah so i'm actually i might be interested to watch that as but that is us for this week and hopefully we're going to watch next week Barry, where people find us uh, all the social media haunts uh, facebook instagram and twitter at three beers in a movie that's great. And for this week, I've been Richard. You've been Barry. And you've been listening to Three Beers in a Movie.